That song, um, Whom the Sun Sets Free, is free indeed. And he showed me many, several years ago, that freedom is our inheritance. The Canaan land that God moved the children of Israel out of Egypt into Canaan land, that was their land of freedom. Freedom is our inheritance. And victory is our birthright. So did you did you guys know that there's a designated blessing for those of you who would separate their self separate their time, separate their heart, separate their mind, make an effort to be in God's house at night. Did you know there's a designated effort on God's behalf that we receive even what would be known as a little extra blessing on top of just your normal worship? Psalms 134 says, Come and Bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who stand by night in the house of the Lord and lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Who stand by night in the Lord's house. So I believe you're going to receive something for being here. I, I mean... I, you know, we just ordained the anointing for people to receive in their life uh, simply for making an effort, separating yourself at, for this time and place. It's not in vain. You, you're not here just to do a religious effort. God sees your efforts. And it's to, to lift up the name Jesus. And, and let, me, let me say this about myself. The Word of God to me has been the single most It's just been the absolute authority in my life for almost 17 years now. And I think of so many things that, and, you know, spending time with Matt on, on from week to week, he's heard a lot of it. Most probably, I've said so much, he's forgot most of it, but it'd be all right. But, you know, the things that I share, and it's understandable why a lot of people won't understand them, 
but they're, they're what I have experienced based on the Scriptures, the, the written Word and the rhema Word of God that He's spoken to me time and time and time again that I've proved it out in my life. And so I don't ever teach or preach anything that I hadn't first proved out. And you hear people talk about that there's no greater anointing that you can preach with than your own experience. Because it's heartfelt. And, and you, you kind of can just go by instinct. You, you don't even have to... You don't even have to have notes or whatever the case may be. But, but the word of the Lord is just the absolute authority in my life. It means everything to me. I've, I've committed my life. And with a lot of times with some resentment from people because they say things to me, even from, from people in my family to a total stranger <clears throat> or church people, that I've been affiliated with for all these years now, when something's said or something's acted out or whatever the case may be, some, kind of, some type of suggestions made, some type of uh, opinions given, some type of suggestions being made, my first response to myself is, what's the verse? And when somebody says something to me about, I mean, th this is what, and this is funny. But I, ha I had a friend of mine that I've been ministering to for years, and he'll be the first one to tell you <clears throat> that I've told him things. Hey, look, this, this, is what the, this is what the Word says. This ain't coming from me, but I think this is a time that you put this into action, and if you'll just be patient with it, you'll see the results of it within six months. And he'll do, and he and he done it, and everything happened just like what God said would happen. And, and so, uh, and I, and I love this dear brother, but he he mentioned something to me one time. He says, uh, you know, it's just like the Bible says, it takes a village. I'm talking about raising kids, and I said, brother, the Bible don't say that. I said, Hillary Clinton said that. He said, huh? I said, yeah, the Bible doesn't say that. Matter of fact, and, and I, you know, the lesser number of people you can have speaking into your children's life, the better off it's going to be. Because <clears throat> people can be genuinely sincere and love your children, your family, and but they can be sincerely wrong and destructive with the information they may give them. I mean, so, but anyway, I, I always refer to anything that I'm going to believe and live by, i got to have verses to back it up. And um, I meditate on these things. I take literally what 
the Lord told Joshua in Joshua 1. Now, this isn't a part of what I want to read to you, but I, I take this literally. Now, see, I lived a long time at wasn't, and wasn't successful at nothing but destruction. And being able to prove that what happened with me on July 4, 2004 was from God, I made a, a diligent effort to change that pattern of destruction so that it would be easy to recognize that this ain't the same man. That instead of every situation I come into that I'm taken away from, now that every situation that I come into, I'm going to bring something to it and add to it. And I took literally what God told Joshua, be strong and courageous for, for, for you shall provide the land I swore to your fathers to give to them as an inheritance for this people. Be strong and very courageous in order to act carefully in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn aside from it to the right or the left so that you may succeed wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may act carefully according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way successful and you will be wise. <clears throat> you will deal wisely in the affairs of life. And so I took that literally to meditate on it day and night. It does not depart from your eyes or your mouth. I, and that's what I do. And being successful, that's my part. Meditate on it day and night. Don't let it depart from my eyes or my mouth. Is my part. And then causing me to be successful in everything that I do is God's part. That's the covenant responsibility that each side takes. That's what the, the essence of covenant is. Everything that God says and does is for my glory. And everything that I say and do is for His glory. Now when you, when you begin to understand the essence of covenant and how, how important each side is, we, we, we get into a habit of just attributing God to doing everything. And, and we're, 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 not just, we're not just working for God. I just want to give you this thought here. We're not just working for God, but we work with God. We are co-laborers with Him. Man, if you, get into, if you get into a deal where you just keep a working for God mentality, it'll bring weariness to you. 
But if you, if you get into a mentality, I'm working with God, I'm a co-laborer with Him, <clears throat> then you'll begin to understand that He, he is a self-proclaimed helper. He, he, he has proclaimed him, Himself to be our helper. And so I just want to give you a deal, an, an idea that if you've ever been in construction or whatever, uh, or if you know anything about construction, I've been up on walk boards before, 20 foot in the air, and I've had tools and different items that may be going on the house, siding, whatever it may be, roofing shingles or whatever, and I drop my measuring tape. Man, is it not good to have a good helper when you got your hands full. And say, hey, could you hand me that down there, please? And he's right there on the spot. He ain't around at the truck getting him some water. Amen. God's our helper. He's our self-proclaimed helper. He's the one that comes alongside. And so, with this portion of Scripture I'm going to read tonight, he, he's going to endeavor to help us. <clears throat> and I'd just like for you to keep in mind that we just do our part. Just, just, do, just do our part. Now, you know, the Proverbs... Talk about a man that receives instruction with joy is a wise man. <laughs> I mean, when, when you understand the benefits of an almighty God revealing to you the way that you should go, and then you understand there are no God-ordained failures or situations that He will cause you to go into that will be detrimental to you in the least fashion. When you understand that, and there's something written in the Word, whatever it may be pertaining to uh, in, 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 the, uh, in this realm here of life, it automatically ought to just kindle something inside you where, where, where God's showing you something. It ought to resonate with joy. Because you, you're, you're receiving divine intelligence. You, you're receiving something from someone who knows everything. So let's read. I'm going to read Philippians chapter 2 here. Now this is the essence of what Paul begins to talk about us. He moves in. He starts talking about Jesus. Then he goes right back in to start talking about us again. And, and, and this particular portion of Scripture is interwoven with each other. Um,
In verse 1 it says, if, if there's any encouragement in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any compassion and mercy, that word compassion, you may have affection there, if any affection and mercy, then fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being in unity with one mind. Now, this word if is a big word to have just two letters in it. If means it can go either way. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? If means that the situation is not resolved to completeness yet. If means that it could still go either way. Did you know there's some people that doesn't have any encouragement in Christ? There's some that doesn't have any comfort in, in, of love, any fellowship with the Spirit. There's some that don't have the, the, the affection and the mercy. And so that word if is there to show that this is just not an automatic thing that happens in the mind and hearts of believers. And so it says, let nothing be done out of strife or conceit. Or you may have a translation that says pride or anger. But in humility, let each esteem other better than himself. Another translation, uh, translation says, uh, uh, consider other people more important than yourself. Not only looking out for your own interest, but the interest of others. Let this mind be in you all, which was also in Christ Jesus. So this word humility, it's a forerunner for divine learning. You have to humble yourself with some measure or degree in order to learn anything from anybody. When Jesus said in Matthew 11, Come unto me, all ye who are weary. That word, come unto me, people that's full of pride and anger, they, they won't draw near to God for that. And so I'm talking about if you're learning something at work, if you're learning something, uh, you know, a trade or whatever, even just enrolling in school, saying I need to learn something, that's a level of humility. Humility is the forerunner for divine learning. It, it also proves that there's a willingness to learn. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Now listen to this thing about humility. If you'll practice humility in private, you'll perfect humility in public. See, when you're in private, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. If you're not going to humble yourself before God, you're not going to humble yourself before man. So if you'll practice Humility in private. You'll perfect humility in public. Now it was said about Moses, he was the most humble man on the face of the earth of his time. Well, guess what went along with that? He was the most used of God of any man. 
at that point in time. And so here's you, here's you something. Paul says uh, uh, in, in another place, he says, clothe yourself with humility. Now let me ask you something. When you're getting dressed and putting on your clothes, do you do it out in public? Or do you do it in private? That's where... You, you, your humility is built to the point where you're able... Now, now this, is a, this is a real deal. Uh, considering other people more important than yourself. And if you look at Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to do some homework. I, I, I don't know if I've tenured enough teacher here to give you homework, but I am on my first day. But Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, and Acts chapter 4, verse 32 and 35. But all these here, these scriptures, lead directly into the statement that was made about the first generation church was they turned the world upside down. And so... Those first four, four, four verses in Philippians chapter 2 is talking about what we do, and then verse 5 is talking about us being joined with Christ in the same way. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it um, equality with God to be something grasped. Uh, are to be used for his own advantage. Who being in the form of God, he, he, did, he wasn't using his position to benefit himself only. Now, if there's anybody that uh, demonstrated considering other people more important than himself, Christ Jesus is our ultimate example in what, in what he done coming not only just sacrificing himself, that, them, them few short hours at Calvary where the Romans seized him and they brought him in in the middle of the night and by noon the next morning he was crucified. We, we want to look at that as him laying down his life. But long before that day, Christ had a 33-year period of time where he laid his life down on a daily basis. See, it's, it's easy to die for somebody. Paul mentions this in another portion of Scripture. Because that's a one-time event. that you may lay down your life for somebody. We just want to attribute that, oh, I'd die for my kids, or oh, I'd die for my wife. You know, and, and that is a heroic situation. Some people catch yourself in, in and on, on, on from time to time that people lay down their life for somebody they love. But it's even a greater thing that when you do it on a daily basis, 
And this is what the Lord Jesus exemplified for us. And he emptied himself, taking upon himself the form of a servant. This is a, one of the greatest acts of humility. He was willing. And uh, he, he took on the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, and being found in the form of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Now, the reason I was telling you about he, he if, you hum, if you practice humility in private, you're perfected in public. Some of the greatest growing periods for the master, if you look all throughout the Gospels, he would separate himself and he would go and pray and spend time with God and, and get in isolation, humbling himself, reminding himself, finding himself in the Scriptures, all these different things that he done in private prepared him for when it come time when them Romans seized him and took hold of him, he'd be ready. And therefore God highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name that every knee, that, every, <clears throat> that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, those in heaven <clears throat> and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And then verse 12 says, Therefore, and when you see the word therefore, that means in light of what you just read, knowing what you just read or heard, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed. Now this is an encouraging thing to me. The Apostle Paul was writing to these uh, churches and he was addressing certain problems that they had going on in the church from, from just gossip to sexual immorality. I mean, it was just a big scope of things. But notice the mind of God, Paul being inspired by the Holy Spirit, writing what he wrote. Notice the mind of God, therefore, just as you have always obeyed. Paul's telling these people, hey, you're starting with a clean slate. It's a beautiful thing. Not only in my presence, but so much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And I want to comment about this. You, you, you cannot work out your own salvation without it being connected to serving the saints of God. It's got to be tied to ministry to the body of Christ. You, 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 just, it, you, don't, you don't get to work out your own salvation doing your own thing. It has to be tied to ministry to the body of Christ. For God is the one working in you, both to will and to do His good pleasure. Verse 14, do all things without grumbling and complaining. Somebody say that back to me. Do all things. What's the benefit of that? That you may be blameless and harmless sons of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which you shine like lights in the world. Hold firmly the message 
of life. And so this thing, do, do all you do without grumbling and complaining because you've got God working in you. So if you've got God working in you, that means you've got love working in you. And if you've got God working in you, that means you've got grace working in you. And if you've got God working in you, that means you've got faith working in you. And if you've got God working in you, that means you've got wisdom working in you. And if you've got God working in you, that means you've got light working in you. You've got joy working in you. You've got peace work, working in you. Now, if we truly believe that we've got God working in us, and all these things are qualities and abilities that come with God's very own being and nature being in us, what would we have to complain about? This is one I have to stay with in my business. Do everything you do without murmuring or disputing, grumbling and complaining. But look at the benefits of this. That you may be blameless. Harmless sons of God without fault. Right in the middle of this crooked and perverse generation in which you shine like lights in the world or shine like stars. And then it says if you hold forth the, the word or the message of life. <clears throat> and so then... I want to read this in Second uh, Peter. You got God working in you, and then I'll finish right here. Second Peter chapter one. To those who have received a faith as precious as ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given, given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You got God working in you. Through the knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and excellence our glory and goodness. Now listen, goodness is the reputation that he gave himself. It's another thing uh, that uh, you, I, what I, I like paying close attention to. If you want to know something about somebody, ask that person themselves to get first-hand information about who they are. Well, that's what God's done. He, he's got a self-described nature about himself that if you have any question about who he is and what he does ask him so goodness is the reputation he gave himself and so by this glory and goodness he's given us great and precious promises so that through these things you might become partakers of a divine nature and escape the corruption that is in the world through lust for this reason make every effort to add Virtue to your faith, and to your virtue add knowledge, and to your knowledge add self-control, and to your self-control add patience or endurance, 
And to your patience or endurance, add godliness. And to your godliness, brotherly kindness. And to your brotherly kindness, love. For if these things reside in you and they abound, they ensure that you will neither be useless nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the one who lacks these things, he's blind and short-sighted because he's forgotten that he's been cleansed from his former sin. That, that's one thing you're going to have to remind yourself on a daily basis. My sins are forgiven. And I, I told Pastor Mark a couple of weeks ago, you'll never understand anything else that God would, would declare unto you and for you until you understand forgiveness. The man that they lowered down through the roof. I mean, the first thing he said to him, I mean, it was obvious that he needed a physical healing and then the master's going to say something to him about his sins being forgiven. Well, he wouldn't have the capacity to receive the healing until he first received the forgiveness. Man, it's a beautiful thing when, when, when you understand that your sins have been forgiven. And so, when these qualities are yours and they reside in you and they abound, they ensure that you'll neither be useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. And then the one who lacks these things are blind and short-sighted because he has forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Now here's verse 10. Therefore, brothers, diligently make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For in this way the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ will abundantly be provided for you. <clears throat> So one of the things I take a lot of reproach on, on what I teach, I teach a never stumble. I teach a never fall. Never make another mistake. See, I don't, I don't rely on my own ability. I got God working in me. And if you only teach and preach to people based on where they're at, what are you calling them to? So am I reading this right? Therefore, brothers, diligently make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never fall. And for in this way, entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly provided for you. That means as you live, as you grow, as you increase, as you prosper, and as you move forward little by little, 
you'll be walking in what Jesus said in John 10, 10. I come that you might have life and have it more abundant. You, you never will. You, you never will enter into this type scenario that the master has declared for us walking around with a stumbling, falling, mistake mentality. You have to be called to the high calling in Christ Jesus. Put your eyes on how the master lived. And, and so for me, I started out telling you, my goodness, for years and years and years, that's how I, I just lived death and destruction I made so many mistakes because I had hell working in me. Satan was working in me. But when I got born again, and I'm, I'm fortunate that I got a hold of some quality teaching early. Pastor Mark played a part in that. Matt, this church played a part in it. And in these 17 years, I can probably count on one hand the mistakes I've made. And I've always moved forward. That's what ability that the Word of God gives you. So would, would, would somebody say, never stumble? A little, little louder. Let's say, never stumble. Never fall. Never make another mistake as long as I live in the name of the Lord Jesus by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Father, I, I thank you, Lord God, that you have ordained for your people to live at a high level of excellence. And Father, I know when you begin to proclaim these things in front of people, they're going to watch you like a, under a microscope. But Father, from day one, I have accepted the challenge. I, I pray, Father, that these people would be would have a greater awareness of their friendship with Jesus. And let the anointing and the power and the ability of the Holy Spirit renew their mind. My God, that never stumble, never fall, never make another mistake as long as they live becomes resignated in their very being. Lord God, and I shout now for the results of those efforts. Because these people will experience good things that you have for them. And we thank you for them. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.